Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's Monday, it's November the 15th, it's the beginning of another week. I'm pressing that coffee. The coffee's making noises. Oh, that, that pot is warm. Oh, oh DeGrasse is soft. <laughs> I'm excited for a cup of coffee. I haven't had my cup of coffee yet, so uh, it's 6.25 oh, in the morning. I'd lo- well, I'd prefer it in the cup, brother. I mean, it's nice if it's all over the table too, but I like it in the cup. I'm one of the, I, I, I like my coffee in a cup. I Call am, me old fashioned. I'm, I'm partial to having my coffee in a mug, not on the floor. <laughs> but that's just me. Each to their own. We do not judge here, but if you drink coffee off the table, I'll judge you. Fuck you. What's wrong with you, you window licker? Zamboni in the coffee off the countertop. Thought I had a floaty in my coffee for a second. Oh, I don't. That's just extra flavor. That's right. A little extra crunch. We should be putting booze in here. <laughs> yeah, but don't you have to go to work? Yeah. Uh, People have been drinking and going to work for centuries. Yeah. How do you think those peasants did it in France? I <laughs> think those guys weren't just drunk off their asses like all day. How do you think the Alberta oil field just keeps going? That's a good point. Well, they're, but they're not drunk on the job site per se. They're uh, they're hungover. <laughs> They get drunk immediately after leaving the job site. That's right. Well, Gil? Well? It's November 15th. What happened in history? Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> now listen close. Some fun history facts for gather, you folks. Gather around, children. Gather around. Gather around the fire here. Grandpa's going to tell you a little story. So, November 15th, 1315. Swiss soldiers ambush and slaughter invading Austrians in the Battle of Morgarten. In 1777, the Articles of Confederation, instituting perpetual union of the United States of America, are adopted by Congress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In 1805, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark and their party reached the mouth of the Columbia River, completing their trek to the Pacific. The... uh, Lewis and Clark expedition. Right, right. I forgot about those gentlemen. Yeah. Sacagawea was with them, I believe. Yes, I think you're right. She was a guide of sorts, mm-hmm. translator. Now, don't get Sacagawea mixed up with Pocahontas. <laughs> well, I don't even know if Pocahontas <laughs> is a real character or not. Well, yeah, a real character in Disney. Uh, yeah, but, like, I think it's, I think it's fal- false and made up. Yeah. Sacagawea what? was real, though. That movie, Pocahontas, was, what was that about? Uh, the English show up, um, they get into some fist fights with the natives, the natives are pissed, and they're like, let's get these fuckers out, but then they all make peace. And then they neglect to mention that, uh, you know, like 60 years later, uh, that native tribe in that area of New England get fucking slaughtered and expelled. But that's that's okay because it's a kid show. That's <laughs> You don't really want to talk about the whole genocide thing. Kids, quite, they're not quite ready for that. No. So <laughs> that's a whole. Uh, we'll just worry about making a good film. Yeah, it's a can of worms that uh, kids don't really need to deal with. But it, you do see a lot of people on Twitter like screaming about that sometimes. <laughs> Every once in a while, someone will be like, "Just watch Pocahontas. This is atrocious. This is this is like the most colonial bullshit." It's like, yeah, it's a kid show, like. Whatever. Get over it. Get over it. Also, you know, still winning. Well, I, th- <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good way to 
I mean, kids will watch the movie and be like, oh, the English, you know, white people were never here to begin with. And then, but, they, then they shoot but, up. But if you get that sort of base idea into a kid's mind, and then from there, you know, if they actually want to understand what happened, they can, as they grow up, they can look it up. They can learn. Mm-hmm. But you can't just create a kid's movie with the English genociding millions yeah. of fucking natives. <laughs> you have to start them somewhere for <laughs> fuck's sakes. Like Pocahontas is a good movie for that. You know that yeah. the English come over, they get in a tussle with the natives. Oh, I think they uh, make a little piece. That one white guy, John Smith, gets shot yep. or something. He gets he he gets stabbed. <clears throat> Makes a good little film, and then you know from there. And then the kid will be like, "Wow, that's interesting." But is that how that really happened? And then they start reading the history books and go, "Oh, exactly. oh no, question everything." Oh no. Oh, they got fucked up. <laughs> I was reading about um, some of the uh, the Iroquois Wars, right? right? So the Iroquois Confederation was, they were quite a power in sort of the upstate New York region and into like, uh, well, north of Lake Erie. Right. Um, they were, yeah, quite the, uh, the force. And they were always at odds with the French, always. Mm-hmm. They fucking hated the French. Because the French wouldn't sell them guns. They're like, well, we like these rifles that you guys have. We want to buy more of them. They're like, no, we don't trust you. <laughs> They're like, okay, well, we'll buy them from the Dutch then. <laughs> the Dutch were happy to oblige. <laughs> They're like, what's that? You want to shoot Frenchmen? So do we. Here you go. <laughs> half price, half price. Yeah, half price. No, oh, come on, they're Dutch. <laughs> yeah. One and a half price. <laughs> yeah. They, they'll make you think you're buying it for half price, but really it's marked up 20%. <laughs> yeah. Sons of bitches. Uh, uh, fuck. I'm not racist, but the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dutch people. Good folks, good folks. Good folks. Uh, so I got another couple of facts here. Happened on November 15th. The Explorer, now brace yourself, because this guy's name is fantastic. The legendary explorer, Zebulon Pike. (laughs) From the planet Zebulon? (laughs) No, the man, Zebulon, (laughs) discovers the Colorado peak that bears his name, Pike's Peak. Despite the fact he never climbed the fucking thing. He just named it after himself. Yeah, he probably looked at it and went, oh, that's mine. (laughs) It's like, that's, that doesn't count. You can't do that. You got to climb the bitch. That's my mountain, bitch. So that's the thing. Everyone can see mountains. Yeah. They're huge. You can just point at it and say, yeah, that's my mountain. That's that's cheap. That's Fucking Zebulon. <laughs> Zeb. <laughs> Fuck you, Zeb. Zeb Pike. <laughs> what a bitch. What kind of name is Zebulon? <laughs> what, uh, what nationality was he? I have no idea. I think he was English, but... Zebulon. I can quick pull that up. Yeah, dude, what a strange name. Because, yeah, Zebulon, wasn't that from some sort of uh, sci-fi show? That sounds like it, yeah, like some shitty B sci-fi movie. No, he's an American. Oh. Yep. Born and raised in America. Yep, in uh, Lamington, Bedminster, New Jersey. Oh, there you go. Died in Upper Canada. Oh, I guess he was a... Is he a royalist? Why was he in Canada? We don't fucking want him. A bit of an explorer. He's a bit of an explorer. Found Pike's Peak, I guess. He's also a brigadier general. What else did this fella do? Uh, oh, look at that nice peak. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name it after myself. Across the Rocky Mountains. Got captured by the Spanish near Santa Fe. 
Uh, and then he got sent to Chihuahua, Mexico for interrogation. Good for him. Oh, he was killed during the Battle of York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we killed him. Nice. Perfect. That's why he died in Upper Canada. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> fucking prick. Get fucking yeeted, Zebulon. <laughs> Suck my dick, Zebulon. <laughs> In uh, 1864, Union Major General William T. Sherman begins his burning the fuck out of the South. <laughs> he sets fire to uh, most of Atlanta's industrial district yeah. uh, and then begins his march to the sea. And he was, he fought for the North? Yeah. Yeah, he burned the fuck out of the South. Mm. He was like, see, uh, most German, uh, most generals from the North were like, kind of had an understanding that, uh, you know, these are Americans and as shitty as this all is, uh, you know, we can, we can, I'm sure, you know, we don't want to be too heavy handed here because mm -hmm. if we do, we'll just cause all kinds of problems later down the road. Um, Sherman didn't give a fuck. He's like, these bastards, they're leaving my union, these fucking pricks. And so he actually committed all kinds of war crimes. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Was it was pretty based. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know how we... You know how we deal with acts of uh, human rights violations? More human rights violations. <laughs> I always forget that <clears throat> America had a civil war. Well, not, I don't do forget. How do you forget? I don't forget, but. Oh, they. The Americans are so proud to be Americans. Mm. One time those fuckers were killing each other by the thousands. Oh, yeah. I think. Just about a million people died in that war. Oh, wow. 600,000 uh, combatants. And, like, I don't know, un like, untold amounts of people fucking starved. <laughs> so. Just keeping the population down. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, and uh, last history fact of the day, 1985, the Anglo-Irish Agreement was signed by British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Mm. And the Irish... This is a this is a Gaelic title, so I don't know how to say that. But I'm guessing it's Taysick, Taysick Gary Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. I think that's like their president or some shit. Meanwhile, Margaret Thatcher was funding paramilitary operations. I'm sure. Well, I think that she was doing that before as well, but <laughs> probably after. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, we we are united. Here's some cash. <laughs> Here's some fucking money. Car bomb them. Car bomb. Send the car bomb. Get, I'll get you the fertilizer and the diesel fuel. <laughs> I'll, I'll even show you what part of the city blocked a parking on <laughs> to kill the most Catholics. <laughs> was she Irish? Margaret Thatcher? No, yeah. she's English. Oh, okay. They would have never have let a... Even in, 19, in the 1980s... They wouldn't have let an Irishman into parliament. Especially an Irish woman. <laughs> it's too much fire. Yeah. Britain ain't ready for that. <laughs> Exactly. They were <laughs> ready for something like that during that time. Yeah. Yeah, I always find it so strange how, you know, like in America you got this clear divide between white people and black people. Yet over in Britain they're like, we need to divide something, so we'll pick the we'll brown-haired white people and the red-headed white people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even that. There's plenty of red-headed Englishmen. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even, there's no logical line in which it's drawn except for like the language barrier. Yeah. And the, were uh, Irish, Irish were uh, Protestants? No, Catholic. They were Catholics. Yeah. 
Gotcha. At least in North Ireland. Or, uh, sorry, in North Ireland, they were Protestant. In the rest of Ireland, it's uh, it was a predominantly Catholic country. I wonder how they're doing these days. Probably like most countries, they are, have a trend of not giving a fuck. Yeah, starting religion is starting to lose its hold. It's oomph. It's oomph. Yeah. Ireland. I'd love to go to Ireland. I think it'd be I cool. Think, I think it'd be fun. Just mostly just I want to get drunk in like thousand year old pubs, you know? <laughs> There's actually a pub in Dublin that I think it's one of the oldest, I think it's the oldest bar in, in Europe. Yeah. And the thing dates to like 500 AD or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Fucking place is ancient. And it's just called like Jeb's Place or something. <laughs> Ye old pub. Yeah. No, it's like, it's like named after the guy who started the thing. <laughs> nice. Like fucking 2000 years ago or some shit. Jeb. Jeb's Place. That's awesome. Well, you go, you go over there and that's just how it is. So There's tons is of it, pubs like that. Is it still his uh, family running the place? I have no idea. I I didn't read that far, but I just saw a headline one time, like oldest pub in in uh, Europe is in Dublin. I wonder. That'd be cool. Like just generations and generations of Jeb hmm. just running this pub. Generations <clears throat> of Irish women serving me beer. Yes. Got grandma bringing out cookies. I got ma bringing out... Uh, my beer and then the daughter. I got three generations of Irish women all coming out. Hey, is weed legal me. in Britain? I have no idea. Probably not. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Well, maybe they're going on the way, but I I have not read anything about it. I Either think it's decriminalized. Yeah, probably. Legalize all <laughs> drugs. <laughs> the the rest of the world isn't quite as advanced as Canada is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, okay. we're just, we're very uh, forward-thinking that way. <laughs> yeah, let's, like, let's legalize this stuff. Yeah, we're, we're geniuses. Yeah, should, we build, should we build a rocket program? Nah, fucking legalize weed. <laughs> well, <laughs> should we, we maybe invest in our uh, Air Force? Nah, legalize weed. Legalize weed is, that's an easy, that's easy, though. You just pass a little legislation. Eh. Yeah. And then let capitalism take over. Well, you tell me this. It was legal before the government showed up. <laughs> it was always legal. Yeah, that's right. It was always legal before. It was before. always legal before. Until the paper mills. Then they closed down the paper mill. <laughs> yep. So I was reading yesterday um, an article about the country of Guyana. Where, what continent is that? That's in South America. Okay. That's where uh, Jonestown was. Okay. It's one of them little, um, well, they call them the Guyanas or something like that, but it's one of them little countries on the top end of, like, Brazil. Yeah. There's yeah. Those three countries. Yeah. So it's one of those. And, uh, yeah, that's where Georgetown was. Good old Jim Jones. Right. Drink the Kool-Aid and all that shit. Well, it's the only, only English-speaking country in South America, and... It's experiencing an oil boom right. right now. And I think it's partially because of Venezuela's rapid decline. Um, so over last year, their GDP rose 43%. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Canada's lucky to get like 1% or 2%. No, I think we're lucky yeah, to get 1%. 43%, that's volatile as fuck. That's, that's a ridiculous expansion of, uh, of money. Sure is. And... Uh, and it's not evenly distributed. Oh no, no. There's st- their minimum wage. Like most people are still working for a dollar an hour down there. Yeah. Like it's not it's yeah, it'll, it'll be problems. But 
they are experiencing an oil boom. And because it's a tiny little country of 800,000 people, yeah. you know, that money conceivably will sort of, it will be shared a lot more evenly than it's say in Venezuela, which has like 30, 40 million people. Right. With like a few oil barons at the top. Right. Hmm. But yeah, there, there's predictions. There's, I think World Bank has a prediction that in two decades, if it, if it sort of follows their predicted growth pattern, that that Guyana could be potentially one of the richest countries in the Western Hemisphere on a per capita basis, oh. just because they have so few people. Right. <clears throat> but they uh, they could potentially, you know, pull a Norway. Yeah. Essentially, Norway. The reason why they can have all their fun social programs and all this shit, right, is that they have all this offshore oil that they sell to Great Britain. Right. That's how they pay for it. Oh. So they could do something like that, sell oil to the United States or Brazil or whoever, use that money to funnel well, so social always, programs. And always buyers for oil. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It makes the world, it greases the world. Mm-hmm. So they could you know, feasibly use their oil revenue to invest in like their population, you know, sort of pull it out of the uh, poverty that it's in. Right. Um, but potentially become one of the richest countries in this side of the world. Right. So. <coughs> Aren't they kind of restricted by their, uh, uh, their, their location, like they're sh- being surrounded by other poor countries, like, no, I don't. That doesn't restrict them in any way. Why would that re- restrict them? They're on the ocean. Yeah, their oil is offshore oil. It's all offshore. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. It just seems like those South American countries just never seem to get ahead. Well, it's it's mostly just because of the corruption that <laughs> it's not even the corruption was going on before the Europeans even showed up in a lot of those countries. Right. It, it's. There's this trend of, uh, see, I, I, I studied South America for a semester and there's a, a trend of government that they call caudillism, right? Which caudillo, that's basically means a strong man in Spanish. And that's basically how South America operates. It's about strong men. It's like, okay, we got such and such guys in the president office. He's going to sit there for 20 years. He's going to, either he'll be really great or he's going to be fucking awful. Yeah. And that's, you know, our entire country's future for the next two decades is tied to however good that guy is. Why don't they have more elections? They just can't? Well, they can't. How do you have an election if it's all corrupted, if right. it's all rigged? And how do you uncorrupt something that's so corrupted to the core that was corrupt from the beginning? Right. It's one of those things where it's like, it's a kind of a problem that is unsolvable because it was broken from the beginning. Right. Because it was designed to be flawed. Well, it was, it was never, it was all sort of half implemented. You read about, you read about the wars of independence down there. Right. They came about not because of, um, not so much because of popular sentiment for self-rule, but because Spain, the, well, Spain and Portugal, the main powers that basically decided the fate of this continent got invaded by France, by Napoleon. So now these colonies, uh, colonial overlord was non-existent. Right. So now what? Well, we're going to fucking, we're going to do our own thing then because yeah. we can't 
you know, we got no one to rely on. Can't rely on Spain. So, you know, you talk, you, you see guys like uh, Simon Bolivar pop up. Uh, he um, fights many wars of independence for a whole bunch of countries. Eventually turns into Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia. Right. And, uh, you know, there's all these reforms, these sort of Republican reforms based on, essentially based on like what the Americans did to, you know, t- 20 years prior or whatever, based on m- much of the same values. Um, and same, much the same values as the French Revolution. But it goes sideways because then uh, Spain gets its independence back, wants its colonies back, so then they start fighting a war with them again. Right. But in order to sort of fight this war against Spain, you know, you have all these generals that sort of take power. And unlike George Washington, most of these generals don't just step aside when their time is done. Right. So it creates this... It's it. Basically, if you were to compare the United States' early government to these guys, it's very, very similar up until George Washington um, leaving office. Yeah. He chose, he, he was in for like one, one or two presidencies or something like that. I think he won two elections and then he was like, I'm out. He could have just kept going and going. Right. That's what happened in South America in most of these republics. He's just like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep getting voted in. People want me, so I'm going to stick around. And then well, it just the, creates this cult of like, oh, we need the strongest guy yeah. in office. And and even the voting process probably is corrupt too. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. So then, so this guy who wants to maintain power will corrupt everything so that he maintains power. When he dies, he picks a successor pretty much. Yeah. And it's just going on like that for like 200 years. Hmm. Every time there's like a, and it doesn't help, of course, that the CIA doesn't like, uh, the, you know, governments that might lean a little left, yeah, a little farther left than they'd like. You know, for instance, in uh, in Chile, there was um, a left-leaning government was elected under, what was that fellow's name? Uh, well, I can't remember the name because it's in Spanish and I don't speak Spanish. But basically, Augusto Pinochet was put in power by the CIA. Right. And uh, so that democratically elected government was killed right there. So it doesn't help that uh, the United States is constantly fucking with them. Right. Even when they, there's a chance of possibly getting a good leader. Yeah. He just gets whacked. And yeah, he just gets whacked. They prop up some asshole. Yeah, they did it in Guatemala in the 50s because uh, Americans need cheap bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and by God, if this guy starts charging more money for their bananas. Well, how is Americans going to get the bananas? <laughs> Monkey need banana, said Eisenhower. <laughs> so Proudly. It, that was the, uh, I believe that was the Arbenz government in Guatemala. Right. Could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so, yeah, South America has issues, but a lot of mineral wealth down there. A lot of land. So maybe Guyana can pull a Norway and revolutionize its country. Yeah. It's quite possible. Could be. I bet there's a shitload of oil down there. Oh, yeah. South America. Tons. I mean, Venezuela has the largest, not largest or second largest proven reserves on the planet. Oh, wow. And that's just one country. Yeah. Guyana has, Guyana is pulling in half a billion dollars every year. Tiny little country is pulling in half a billion dollars every year. Like, who knows what's out there? Speaking of oil, you know Alberta has the largest oil sands in the world? Mm-hmm. 
Amazing. Just fascinating. <laughs> I was, uh, where was I? I was in I'm my girlfriend's parents, and we got talking about uh, kind of the, the parts that made up asphalt, and then I found out that, I think I heard that somewhere that Alberta had the largest oil sands, but, but yeah, it was kind of neat coming across it. I was like, oh, yes. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Pour up there, go. Got last half cup of coffee there out of the barrel. <laughs> barrel of coffee. Yeah, I mean, you think about all the roads that the world has, all the paved roads, that's all bitumen. It's all tar that they use. They pull it out of fucking up here. Or, yep. Well, I think California has some oil sands, or what's that, uh, them uh, tar pits full of uh, dead animals? What's that shit <laughs> down in, like, San Diego? Oh, fuck, I don't know. You didn't remember that? You never heard about that stuff? No. Oh, I, I forget what they call it, but... Uh, yeah, there's like, there used to be these tar pits down there, and then there's like woolly mammoths and shit would just walk into it like retards right, and fucking right. get perfectly preserved in the fucking tar. <laughs> so there's just, there's these tar pits that are just full of bones. Right. They're, they're great for uh, Interesting. paleontologists. Yeah. For dirt nerds. Those aren't dirt nerds. Those, uh, those are bone nerds. <laughs> those are boners. <laughs> bone nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Balls. <laughs> Yeah, I was also reading yesterday morning about this, uh, so in Russia, there's this town called um, uh, Pivek, it's uh, way up in the Arctic Circle, it's an Arctic port town, and it has a population of like 4,000 people, and their town is plumbed in such a way that they all have a central uh, water heating right. system. Yeah. Yep. Probably one big boiler. One big boiler. Yep. You know what powers it? Nuclear reactor. Serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a big nuclear... Well, it's actually a... It's a small modular nuclear reactor on a barge that yeah. sits out in the port. Yeah. It produces... Um, well, instead of having like a cooling tower... Yeah. Like you see those big nuclear power yeah, plants yeah. and shit. Yeah. They have the cooling towers. Yeah. Instead of having that, they just run the hot water, the steam, through the town. They use the town as like the cooling mechanism. Oh. So people use the hot water. But how it works, in the way that uh, they have it set up, no actual water is contaminated in any way because there's a, there's a separate, there's like an exchanger. Yeah. So you have heat exchanger. You have an internal sort of. cooling system yeah. for that actually touches like the uranium and shit like that. Yeah. It gets all fucking contaminated and horrible. Yeah. But it never touches the town water. Right. There's like a heat exchanger that transfers the heat from that water over to the pipes that go into the town. Yeah. So there's no actual transfer of radiation. Yep. Um, but <laughs> reading this article, I couldn't help but just fucking laugh because these Russians, they're just like, people are like asking them, like, what do you think about this, you know, nuclear powered hot water? Like, is that, are you okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, if God, if God wills it, you know. <laughs> water's hot, huh? Water, yeah, fuck. water's hot. I've been having showers every day now, you know. They encourage us to use up the hot water, so. Yeah, exactly. yeah. If we don't use hot water, the whole fucking thing explodes, yeah. so I've been showering. <laughs> I tell you what, showering, washing dishes, just doing do, my laundry, cleaning doing my the house, part. doing my part, yeah. cleaning, keeping the house clean, using as much hot water as possible, because if I don't, that sucker <laughs> is going meltdown. <sighs> <laughs> Ivan, use some fucking hot water. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, they, the fucking air raid siren goes off in the middle of the night and everybody bails out of bed now. Yosef, did you take a shower tonight? Shit, I forgot. Ivanka, I'm sorry. <laughs> it goes over, has a shower, all the air raid sirens go off. <laughs> when the pressure built goes oh, back down. God. Fucking Yosef, you idiot. Yeah, every house has one of those like cartoony gauges with danger warning. Yeah. <laughs> green. Ah. In the green zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's managed a little better than that. But Oh, you're saying Russia isn't a Bugs Bunny cartoon? I always thought it was. Oh, well, it's about the closest the country can be. <laughs> you know, they fucking talk like a record being played in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> so they talk. Yeah. Oh, I fine. like nuclear power. Me too. And uh, so reading this article, it was also talking about how, um, so these they're calling them modular nuclear reactors. Yeah. It's a kind of nuclear reactor you can fit on a ship or whatever. Um, this is kind of the way of the future because there's so much application for one of these suckers. You know, a big fuck off nuclear reactor, like the old, you know, Chernobyl style mm-hmm. is great and all it makes power and all, all that stuff, but they're incredibly expensive to maintain they require a lot of manpower and they are um they're not nearly as efficient but these they're i guess a lot of uh headway has been made into these small modular nuclear reactors well and if we can use these to power like northern towns for instance then like that solves so much problem of like bringing in fuel oil or whatever coal well, think of the think of the fuel you have to burn just to get fuel up there to all these yeah, little to like towns, a, a all this, or all this propane, and all this natural gas, and all the diesel and the gasoline and all that. Trying to get the fuel up there yeah. takes a huge amount of fuel. So just to just to have your own power station, just just for your electricity, is I mean you're gonna cut your fuel bill in half, mm. and then you only need your diesel and gasoline for your vehicles yeah for whatever whatever vehicles you have for your transportation but as long as if you can knock uh, knock the houses out of out of the way get just power those with your hot water and your electricity i mean that's a Mm. huge percent that's three quarter of the bill right there yeah absolutely if they could do something like that yeah and then like a calowitz or fucking some of those northern towns yeah that would be revolutionary i think that would actually make living in the north um, feasible. <laughs> exactly. That's the main draw. Like, they have to pay people to stay there. The government actually gives you a dividend for living in the northern territories because it's so expensive really? to live up there. Yeah, you get, like, I don't know, I don't know what the payment is, but it's well, they'd it works have to, to because at least a couple thousand dollars a year. What is there to really do up there? I mean, like, if you're not in the... I don't know. If you're not in the... Stare at the northern lights. <laughs> if you're not in the business of moving product, like... Moving stuff from the south, like here, let's say southern Alberta to the Northwest Territories. I mean, what else is there to do? There's a lot of, uh, I know there's mining in Northwest Territories, but. Oh, probably a. A lot of, oh, a lot of gold mining gold in Yukon mine. still. Yep. And then there's yeah, a lot of. Yeah, because wasn't Kelly talking about, uh, he's heading up to work on a gold mine there. He has, well, he has that's to a, actually drive through Alaska a little bit. Well, he's in, it's in British Columbia, but it's, it's in that vague part of the world mm. like it's on that little peninsula there in northern bc right 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 yeah oh that's where he's going but yeah it's just south of the yukon um 
But yeah, like there's still a lot of gold mining up there and like a lot of uh, diamonds. Right. Like there's, they found a lot of diamonds up there. Not to mention heavy metals and mm-hmm. everything else, right? So there is a lot of mining operation and and there's natural gas up there as well. Natural yeah. gas and oil. Uh, but of course it's very hard to get to because everything's rock. Yeah. And trees and fucking ponds. Ice and the Ice, rock, trees and ponds. Like yeah. this is fucked. Got to take a helic chopper everywhere. Yeah, bottomless muskeg, and that's oh, it's tough territory up no there. No doubt. Yeah, I wouldn't want to work up there. No, couldn't. I can barely handle the cold down here. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. You know, it's like it's like minus sixty. <laughs> Your fucking motor oil literally turns into a gel. You just never shut anything off. Yeah, just let her idle. Yeah. They should have nuclear-powered cars up there. Exactly. Never have to warm them up. They're always warm. We should be able just to plug your equipment directly into the into the nuclear station. Keep that whole thing warm. Circulate that engine oil and the I mean circulate that water. Mm. Keep it all nice, toasty, warm. Could do that. But if you had a, a nuclear-powered hoe, just imagine you had a nuclear-powered hoe. Yeah. Think of the power. Think. Of <laughs> <laughs> think of the power. And then. And then eventually when the radiation leaks and you grow a third arm, boom, you can control both sticks and still drink your coffee because you got three arms, man. That would be awesome. There's no downside to this. Yep. Yep. If I had the choice of being, all right, perfectly healthy, Mm. but with two extra arms, like coming directly off my shoulder, like just another, like, so I'd have four arms. Oh, you'd be like that, uh, that Indian God. Exactly. Like Shiva or whatever. I would do it. Like... You will live a perfectly fine life, healthy yeah. life with forearms. I'm like hell yeah, yeah. Well, if Give I had, me like you'd be like uh, you'd be like a insect. Exactly. Kind of be like an insect. Have another set of arms coming out of your like right here, like just under your pecs. Yeah. If you had another set, smaller set, so you got bigger arms than a set of small ones. <laughs> so then you can like type on your small arms and then work out your big arms at the same time. <laughs> Wouldn't that be sweet? Exactly. I could clap twice as loud. <laughs> And twice as often, I guess. That's right. I don't know about as loud. You got to time it just right. You could, you could. Well, I'm controlling. I'm controlling. Aubrey, if sides. you had four arms, your hand job business would increase threefold. That's what I'm saying. I could double my business. Double your business. Yeah. You could. Oh, think of the possibilities. Think about the the tens of dollars you could pull in. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> The possibilities are endless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this nuclear-powered town in Russia, it's uh, it's really interesting. The rest of the world is actually looking at this and going, wow, why are the Russians so far ahead? <laughs> they're really not that far ahead. The technology they're using is about the same as anywhere else. It's just they're not scared of actually putting nuclear shit and stuff. Yeah. They're, That's the problem. Will, they're willing to try, but their uh, their idea of human life is a little Yeah, they, they don't... Their reverence for life is a lot less than ours. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of in a in a fuck it state of mind. Yeah, they're like, eh, fuck it. They, that's let's, kind of let's how power Russia this is. whole ass town with nuclear. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> Not just power it. We're gonna have fucking water heated by the nuclear reactor coming out of our shower heads. We're gonna be boiling soup on the stove. Water came out of the nuclear reactor for fuck's sake. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good old. Oh, I think I'll visit Pivek, Russia, one day. That is off. You said it was in the Arctic Circle? Yeah. God damn, that's north. Oh, in Russia, that's almost all there. 
Well, not quite, but it's actually interesting looking at just like a, a longitudinal map. My fucking globe right there. Oh, yeah. Sure enough. Um, just looking at a map, how much of Russia is actually farther north than here? Right. Um, like if you if you look at like, uh, is that longitudinally or lati- latitude? It's latitude. Uh, longitude is uh, east-west. Latitude right. is north-south. So... On a latitude line, Calgary sits at about the same latitude as London. I think it's like, it's literally like a couple miles farther north. Right. It's about exactly the same latitude as London. Edmonton is about the same as like Glasgow. Mm -hmm. And and then if you look at, um, say, uh, Yellowknife, that's about the same as like, sort of the middle of um, Norway or like, well, not quite Oslo, but a little further north than Oslo, which right. is the very south tip of Norway. Um, what, so, what Canadian city would line up with Moscow? Probably. Grab that. Grab that globe. I would say probably Edmonton. But that's kind of that would be my guess too. Kind of that uh, Lloyd. If it's Lloyd Minster, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I got bad news for you. <laughs> what is it? Probably Lloydminster. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It's about right. Because it's, uh, let's see here. What line is that? It won't tell you exactly because this isn't a very, not a very fancy globe. Not the most accurate map. But, but Edmonton is like roughly halfway between the 45th and the 60th. It's roughly on the 50th parallel. Right. And let's see here. Moscow. Moscow's a little further north yet. Okay. A little further north than Edmonton. Yeah. Like probably Lac La Biche. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I would say Lac Lac La Biche, Alberta, is probably about the same line of latitude as Moscow. Nice, which is really saying something. And Moscow is fairly central to Russia, right? Yeah, like it's fairly, like if you were to just look at that. Show yeah. me, show me Russia here. Yeah, it's pretty much in the center of the. Of the bitch. All right, let's look at the globe. Yeah, St. Petersburg is like way the fuck north. Yeah, Jesus. Like half of Russia is in the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Well, not I, quite, but... I never really paid attention to that. Holy now, the Arctic... Fuck. It should show you the Arctic Circle there. Yeah, yeah, right here. Yeah. I'm looking There's at There's a, oh, a huge percentage of it is. Ha, did you know half of Norway is in the Arctic Circle? Oh, wow. Like, look at Norway there. Like, the entire half of the country lies in the Arctic Circle. Oh, yeah. But... The reason why people can actually live in Norway is because they get oh, warm winds was, coming off the ocean. <laughs> no, I was looking at the 60th parallel, not the Arctic Circle. Oh. <laughs> okay. Still, but like a third of Russia is in the Arctic Circle. Yeah. I guess most of Canada too. Well, not really, but you got, you know. All those fucking islands 20, up there. 20% of, but it's all ice. Yeah. Interesting. Where the fuck? Okay, what was that? What was that town? called uh i don't know if it'll show it on there because it's pretty small but it's called pivac hmm. i can google it on here and see if i can find it yeah do pivac russia so is this uh an all-year-round port or is it just uh no i would assume it's just it's summer. only summertime yeah arctic port town something something where's the maps Interesting. In Chukotka Autonomous Okrug. What the fuck? Hold on. What part of Russia is this? 
Zoom out. If I could load. Oh, holy shit. Okay, so it's in Siberia. It's way over kind of by Alaska. Oh, okay. It's uh there's a a a bay up there, right? Do you see that um there's that see that island called Wrangell Island? Uh yep. Yep. Right there's here. a there's a bay, the tiny like a Yep, right yep there. it's right in there. You bet. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, that's where it is. Cool. Yeah. You know, I I was reading about see that peninsula that it, it's just south of that bay that you're pointing at? Oh, sorry. Uh right here. Yeah, if you go down Okay. So there's that peninsula there. They call that uh, Kamchatka. Yeah. And apparently it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Ooh. There's, it's a, it's sort of a volcanic um, <coughs> peninsula. There's like volcanoes dotting the whole thing. And they're all like perfectly conical. Nice. They're like, y- have you seen pictures of uh, Mount Fuji in Japan? Yeah. Yeah. You know how it's just like, it's just perfectly like conical. Well, that's, yeah, that whole, this peninsula is all in line kind of with, with Japan I, and so all is that. So you know. is there a fault line in there? Yeah, that, well, that's, that's part of that, um, it's part of that ring of fire, the oh, Great Pacific okay. Ring of Fire. It's all part of it. Because it's like a perfect, you can see all these little islands here. Those must all yeah, be the, volcanoes. Uh, yeah, the Kuril Islands. Those are all, uh, yeah, little volcanoes that dot dot there. And then it goes, uh, you follow that fault line, it pretty much goes all the way through Japan, Taiwan, yeah. then through the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So is there a volcano on the Philippines as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, in 1992, uh, a volcano erupted in the Philippines called Mount... Was it Mount Panatubo? I think it was called. Okay. And uh, it actually exploded so big that the world temperature dropped by an entire degree. Oh, wow. (laughs) It threw up so much ash that the world temperature dropped for a a year. Yeah. So... Oh, I'm still convinced man can't even... Oh no! Affect the world like the world can affect the world. Oh you know no! We're I mean? like, we're just we're like what's what George Carlin say? We're just a bad case of fleas on the <laughs> on the biggest dog in the universe. <laughs> One day this fucking dog's just gonna shake us off. <laughs> exactly. Don't yeah. take life too seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be kind to thy neighbor. Be thy brother's keeper. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was. Um, what was it in in eighteen fifteen I think it was there was a a volcano in Indonesia called Mount Tambora that exploded, and I think it was one of the largest it was one of the largest volcanic eruptions in like recorded in 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 the last like hundred thousand years or something like that yeah it's fucking huge and uh it actually dropped world temperatures by like two and a half degrees it caused um what they call the the year without a summer in Europe. Wow. Where it just it kept there, snowing and was just shitty the whole summer. Yeah, or it just, just was it so was, cold. It was so cold that there was massive crop failures. There was like never really a summer yeah. in Europe. It was always, it was never quite hot. Um, there was massive crop failures all around the planet. <laughs> there was there was an estimated like, there, I don't know, only a fraction of sunlight was like getting through. Yeah. So plants were also just being starved of fucking sunlight. Yeah. It's just awful. I don't know how many people died just because of that, but... Just from the famine. Yeah, just from the famine. I think it's that's partially what caused some of the potato famines. Um, how long did those last? Potato famines? Yeah. Well, they, were, they would come in every like five years. Oh, yeah. It's almost like they were planned or something. 
I wonder if the British had anything to do with that. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think is the most significant event to occur in the history of the human race? Oh, women's rights. <laughs> really? I was going to say the pill. <laughs> Welcome back to Chauvinism Radio. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, folks. Uh, if you hate women, this is the show for you. <laughs> I hate women so much, it's unreal. This goes so hard. Love from Kazakhstan. <laughs> One fan wrote in saying that. You know, I'm not really uh, not really sure what... <sighs> Fuck. I don't know. Actually, I would say the pill, honestly. Because that's just a revolution in uh, in... Not only biotechnology. But in culture, too. But exactly. in the cultural effect of the pill yeah. has been immense. Yeah. Because um, now, see, men are, men are animals. Yes. We're, we're fucking gross. Yes. And we pretty much fuck anything that has a wormhole. Yes. Prison will show you that. Well, it's... Uh... But with the pill, it allows women to be the same way. Right. They don't... Like, without birth control and other um forms of contraceptive women it's it's not well, it a great was, investment for them to do that same no, thing no it was a it was a huge risk you to take you take risks every, exactly cuz you could potentially like fuck yourself up for 9 months and then oh shit now you got a kid and oh my god and you have to if you're going if you're willing to have sex with that man that man has to be a provider for that child. Yeah, yeah exactly. You can't do it on your own. Exactly. So it's a high risk. But for the man, it's just like... Put pee-pee in the hole. <clears throat> it's a, if, if that woman is willing to have sex with you and, and you don't have to raise it, that's an absolute win for you. Yeah. I mean, you get to... That's evolutionarily speaking, that's a fucking win. That's an absolute win. That's a... That's a swish. <laughs> it is. It is. On an evolutionary look. On a purely, it, on yeah. a purely you know, uh, uh, survival of the fitness <laughs> level. That's exactly, that's, that's what that's evolution ev- prefers. Yes. Because if you, if you, you father 15 children and they don't know it's you, that's winning. That's right. You have 15 offsprings and you only had to raise two of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a perfect evolutionary win. But for women, I mean, there's 13 moms there that had to raise that child on that on their own. Mm. Exactly. It's, so it's, it's always been a risk for women. It's, it, sex has always been um, balanced in men's favor. Yeah. Like it's never, yeah, it's always been a risk for women. But with the pill, this is a revolution in, in human sexuality yeah. as well as just human culture because now women and men can just do whatever they want and not have the same risk factor. Yep. I mean, there's still some risk factor, obviously, because AIDS and all that shit. But well, and there's there's still a risk factor because men are animals. Men are animals, and they're like, uh, I don't think condoms don't feel good. <laughs> Rubber make me hurty. <laughs> <laughs> I put one of them on one time, and I it, I I, uh, I put it on a little too quick, and it snapped like a rubber glove and <laughs> hit me in the balls. <laughs> I hate it. I never wear these. Yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, I would say that probably the pill is one of the most significant events in the uh, history of the human race. I would also say probably when uh, Bunga, Bunga Obungus III, uh, you know, 15,000 years ago, figured out 
how to put feathers on an arrow or something like that. Yeah, that's up there. I think it's hard to say what is the most, like if there was a turning point in man's tractor to this day, I, I don't know if there is a real, like one certain point where it absolutely changed. Mm. But I think just man's um, constant adaptation to using their equipment, their tools. Mm. I think it just one one thing after another. Starting I with think, the rock on the stick and to the I think the real evolution. To the wheel. Well, the wheel, all that stuff. Technology-wise, you can point at that. Yeah. I think, in my opinion, one of the greatest moments in the history of the human race has to be the invention of writing. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I, mean, I mean, without writing, you don't even have history. Yeah. Because, you know, how do you tell anything if there's, you'd have nothing to go off of. Yeah. If you can't look at the stories of people of that time, well, there is no history. Mm-hmm. So, I think the invention of writing. Yeah, being able to put your thoughts down onto something that somebody else can mm, then interpret. Then interpret, work off of, you write something down, you have someone completely unrelated to the situation grab the message, run over to the other side of town, give it to the guy. He goes, oh, okay, yeah, breakfast at 7. Perfect. You're no longer taking the other guy's word for it or trying to understand his interpretation of what the other guy said. You can now just read that paper that you wrote. You wanted the message to go from you to me. And see, and writing isn't just a, it wasn't just a revolution in like communication or or even literature or anything like that. Like literature didn't get invented until like thousands of years after writing was first invented. Yeah. Writing was originally used as a way of keeping records. So the first writing system that is attested in the world <clears throat> is the, uh, the cuneiform writing script. Right. Which is the, I don't know if you've seen pictures of that, but they're like these little, little nails type shaped things in clay. Right. Um, it's very, it's very, very interesting to look at. It's a very fascinating looking writing system. And it was invented in uh, Sumeria in, I believe, like 3000 BC or maybe even before that. Who oh, knows? Wow. I think there was inklings of it in like 3500 BC. So it was originally used by the the temple scribes to keep track of grain stores and cattle stores and and how much taxes people owed right. and that sort of stuff. Right. It was used to like keep track of shit. Right. It wasn't until like, a couple thousand years go by, people started writing stories and stuff like that. But it's fun because you look at these records and these, um, they're basically just like, basically the equivalent of an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Right. It's just accounting. <clears throat> it's like, oh, we got so and so many bushels of wheat, so and so many bushels of barley, blah, blah, blah. So and then, cows, but then hey, halfway this, through, this you'll, guy owes this. halfway through one scribe will like, be, like write a dumb little message to his buddy who he knows is also a scribe. Yeah. So he's like, ah, oh, my bitch wife is bitching me out last night, blah, 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 blah. Uh, 14 cow, uh, <laughs> 1500 chickens, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, so they'll just be random little messages like that in the middle of these tabulations. Guys, so <laughs> guys were talking shit 6,000 years ago. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So then they would send it to each other and they, you know, I don't know exactly what the purpose of that was, but they're yeah. probably just bored as fuck. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's hilarious. And it's, it's so fun too, because there's thousands <clears throat> and thousands. I think the British Museum has a hundred thousand of these clay tablets that are still undeciphered yet because there's just so many of these goddamn things. 
And I didn't uh, realize there's that many. Oh yeah, there's tons. Well, that's the thing is that because it's on clay, yeah, and because it's in a region where it's fucking hot, yeah, it just dries in the sun, right? And it turns to kind of a almost brick, yeah. And uh, and specifically, what's nice about cuneiform because it's written in clay. Uh, in certain situations where these cities got fucking burned down yeah. by invading armies, You'd... we didn't lose their histories. Right. Because all of their libraries lit on fire. Well, it just baked the clay yeah. into bricks. So you'd actually have to physically break every fucking clay brick. Yeah. Nobody had... No one had time for that shit. No. So it basically, you know, they just burned the library down on top of itself and fucking yeah. move on, right? So we find these cities with like thousands of perfectly intact clay writings. Yeah. That are all like kiln cured. Interesting. So yeah, there's tons and tons. And the British Museum has like a hundred thousand clay tablets that are still like undeciphered. Oh wow. It's it's fascinating. Probably all just different accounting. Like, oh, it's like, most of it is like, yeah, that like, oh, how much barley did uh Mr. So and so from so and so farm bring in today? You know, yeah. that kind of shit. Yeah. With the occasional it would be it would be cool to have them all deciphered and then to then just write down, because obviously there's going to be little bits and pieces on those clay tablets mm-hmm. where they're just talking shit. Mm-hmm. It'd be funny to decipher those and, you know, see what they say. And mm-hmm. That'd be, I like that. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. And these clay tablets, where where were they? Where were they originally? Yeah. In In, well, Mesopotamia. So modern day, like Iraq. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Iraq, uh, Syria, <coughs> southern Turkey, and parts of Iran. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But it was originally invented in, yeah, the very, very south of Iraq. Of Iraq. That's where it was invented by a people called the Sumerians yeah. who no longer exist. Um, their language was completely unrelated to anything around it. Um the people who conquered them were called the Akkadians, who spoke a language that was part of the same family as, um, say, say, Arabic or Hebrew or any of this stuff, right? Um, their language is very similar to that. Then they got conquered by uh, Hash, Hashites, Hashemites, whatever the fuck, by, by a guy named Hammurabi, okay. who founded Babylon. And they also spoke like a Semitic language. So this language got... You know, it was a it was a court language for a long time, for thousands and thousands of years. But eventually, by the time of the Romans, I believe it was uh, it was pretty much dead. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's very interesting reading about those Sumerians because they're very strange. They're very strange. You know, they um, they believed that the world was like created out of um, some part of. I think it was the dead body of uh, one of their patron gods. Right. And so the world was fashioned out of the dead body of one of their gods. That the human race was actually uh, created from the blood of a demon. <laughs> That's why people can be so horrible. Yeah. Um, oh, they had all kinds of fun ideas. I believe they uh, they believed that there was an afterlife, but when you went there, it was nothing but cold and uh, windy, and all you did was eat dust for eternity. Oh, so medicine hat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except with a little less sunlight. But. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, basically, when, when you died, you got sent to medicine hat. <laughs> Bro, where the fuck am I? What is this hellish landscape? It's flat, it's cold, meat and dust. 
There's a giant teepee. <laughs> yeah. Our pet's heads are falling off. <laughs> but hey, at least uh, natural gas is like super cheap there. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> Good old medicine toque. I kind of, I don't mind these uh, morning podcast. These morning podcasts, Gump. Yes. It I, tends uh, to wake a guy up. It does. Gets you raring to go for the day. That's right. They kind of start off a little weak by, by the end of it. Well, the coffee's got to take still, hold. They're still pretty weak, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I think that's, I don't know, it's a good enough time to wrap it up, don't you think? Oh, yeah. You got to head to work here soon? Yep. Eight o'clock sharp. Oh, fun. You still got to get some oatmeal in your gut. Yeah. Still got to eat my breakfast. Mm. I had a half bagel. So did I. Yeah, you had my other half. I offered it to you. (laughs) Thou truly are thy brother's keeper. That's right. (laughs) Keep thy brother. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the morning show. Yeah. Appreciate it, folks. The morning show with Alvin Gump. (laughs) We appreciate your patronage for listening to this uh, bullshit. Uh, We really appreciate the fact people listen to this on a regular basis. Yep. And uh, I hope you all have a great week. And... uh, Keep your dicks fat. Yeah, keep your stick on the ice.